Welcome to the Period Story Podcast, the podcast where we get behind some of the myths and misconceptions about periods. We chat with women about their period story, their first period, their journey ever since, and we open up a conversation to help break taboos and stigmas around menstruation. I'm your host, Lenise Brothers. I'm a yoga teacher and registered nutritionist specializing in women's health, hormones, and the menstrual cycle. I'm also the author of You Can Have a Better Period, the book Publishers Weekly calls an empowering debut, an informative, refreshing take on women's health. It's available from Amazon, Bookshop, and anywhere else you purchase books. Welcome to today's guest. I'm so excited for you to hear my conversation with Julie McClure. Julie is a clean and clear living expert and the founder and CEO of Hello Me, which is a wellness and beauty brand empowering women to take back control of their hormones and return to being the best version of themselves. I absolutely love that. Julie is a passionate entrepreneur and an expert in clean living, wellness, and hormonal balance. On today's show, Julie talks about her journey with breast cancer and medical menopause, and of course, the story of her very first period, and I'm so excited for you to hear it. Enjoy the show. Tell me the story of your very first period. So my very first period, I mean, it's... I don't remember the exact age, but I do remember I was lighter than the rest of my friends because it was one of those where everybody sort of had their period and you're waiting to get yours. It was almost this milestone you're waiting for. So I was about 13 or 14. I was a little bit later. Um, And yeah, I mean, for me, it was something that was really quiet. Like, I feel like you're waiting for it because you hear little buzzes from your friends. But it wasn't back when I got my first period. It wasn't something that a lot of people were talking about openly. And so for me, it was just like, I just needed to know the basics. Like, when I get it, what do I do? Right. And that was kind of, it was really a discovery phase because I didn't feel like I was like prepped with a whole lot of information. So you got it and you said it was quiet. Tell tell us a little bit more what that about what that means. Well, it was something, you know, I told my, you know, I would have told my mom and my sister, but I didn't, you know, openly talk about it. It was something I was still shy about, right? And in one way you want it, and another way, once you get it, you're like, oh gosh, like what do I do now? Um, and you know, what what should I use for products, etc. So that's how it was quite. I wasn't talking to my friends, maybe my best friend, but that would be it. Right. And so were your other friends openly having this conversation and you just chose not to participate in it? No, it wasn't really open. It was like little whispers of conversation. That's how I remember it. Like, you know, you'd be with your best friend and maybe one other girlfriend and somebody would talk about the fact they got their period. Uh, and then you might be sort of overhearing another crowd at some other point, but it wasn't really like this open dialogue about, you know, groups of friends were having or we were learning about through whether it be the media or classes, et cetera. So that's why it was fairly quiet. It was almost whispers, right? Whispering yeah. discussions. And then I shoot, so you got your period and this idea of this feeling of quiet. Do you think you held on to that as you started learning more about your period? Yes, absolutely. I think, you know, for most of my life, these haven't really been topics of conversation. You know, I'm 47. So I, it's been a few years, but um, yeah, it hasn't been something that's really been an open dialogue. And I'm finding now with my 
you know, my nieces who are now in that age, they're teenagers, it is a little bit more talked about. And I've had these discussions with them, like actually trying to understand, because I have this brand all about hormones, trying to understand what is the discussion? Are people talking about it? It is improved, but it's still not there, which is surprising. So what do you think has brought the, not the massive openness, but the little bit more openness that you're seeing in your, in your nieces? Mm -hmm. I think social media has played a big part of that. I mean, you're saying TikTok people, you know, people have been openly out on TikTok talking about their period, talking about menstrual health. You know, just look at like a brand like August, right? The, you know, the founders out there really trying to destigmatize discussions around your periods. There's been ads um, that have been much more bold over the years. So I think, you know, we didn't have social media when I was, you know, commuters were just sort of coming out when I was in my teen years. So it wasn't something that we had access to these outside information. So if your family and your friends weren't openly having this dialogue, which would have been ahead of the game, you know, if that were the case, um, you weren't, you know, weren't learning from those mediums. Mm. And do you think that as you've gotten older, have you become more open in terms of the conversations that you're having with your friends? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think even more so because, you know, hell of me is about destigmatizing what it means to be hormonal. I'm on that mission, right? To really open up this dialogue, make this connection between hormones, wellness, and beauty, and creating products to do that. So obviously, I'm actively talking about this. And then mm. I also um, find a lot of my friends because, you know, they're into wellness, they're into health. And so we've you know, we all realize how much um, an important part hormones play in our lives and the quality of life. And so the dialogue does open up as we go through these transitions in life, which you know, a lot of my friends are going through perimenopause, right? Or they've had just had children and they're going through postpartum. And so the conversations are much more open now. And maybe my circles are a little bit different because of the work I'm doing every single day. So it's hard for me to know um, you know, I, I do know it hasn't hit the masses, absolutely, because we're still continuing to educate our customers. And we get a lot of silent DMs and people asking or calling our hormone hotline and having these conversations with our hormone coaches. So it means it hasn't gone completely mainstream in terms of everybody feeling comfortable. But I do think we're making a shift and it's going in the right direction. Absolutely. Hmm. So just thinking back to when you were younger, so when you're in your early teens and you got your period, you said you went on a journey of discovery to figure out exactly what was going on with you, the products that you needed to use. Talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, well, one story actually comes to mind. Um, it's funny because I remember most vividly when the first time I had my period and I wanted to go swimming. Right. We had a, a pool in the backyard. I grew up in the Maritimes in New Brunswick in Canada. I'm Canadian. And I just, that's the moment I remember the most is like, oh gosh, I want to go swimming with all my friends. And I was mortified because I wasn't sure what to do. I'd never used a tampon and I wanted to go swimming. So, you know, it was really one of those moments where it's like, okay, I have to figure out how to use a tampon. And I was, you know, it wasn't taught. So I literally remember trying to figure out how to use a tampon. 
it was extremely uncomfortable because, you know, there was no YouTube videos at the time about this or, you know, nobody else was documenting it. I don't know if they do now. I haven't searched, but um, you probably can find it somewhere. So I remember that as my most vivid moment trying to figure that. And that was clearly a situation of trial and error, right? Self-discovery. Okay. Tampons must work. I need to figure out how they work. They can't be this uncomfortable. They can't cause pain. So obviously I'm doing something wrong and figuring it out, right? So that's my most vivid memory around my period when I was in my teens, because it was something you don't, if you're embarrassed if something leaked or if you show, you know, like if you had any blood and you also didn't want everybody knowing that you were on your period. Like that was mm-hmm. kind of a whole de- like stigma around it, the taboo topic. So you're doing this quietly, just trying to figure out in your bedroom, like, okay, I'm going to go swimming later today. I need to figure out the tampon thing. <laughs> <laughs> And so, and did you figure it out? Oh, obviously over time for sure. But that first day was, I, I don't think I did that correctly the first day because it was painful. I remember it being painful. And so I could have used um, a little bit more open dialogue and conversations to have somebody that I could have been like, hey, you know, how is this done so that, you know, I insert this properly. And I'd, I'd known, I think, not to leave my mom had educated about not to leave your tampons in too long, et cetera, things like that. So that was never something that I didn't know, but it's just the mechanics of it. Mm. Uh, and then the other piece I didn't know is, you know, we didn't have organic brands back then. And that's something I discovered much later in life because they just started to emerge. But wow, what a difference that makes. And I think that's kind of the, the biggest um thing I wish I'd known and had available to me when I was younger, in addition to a little bit of information, how to navigate Mm. things. So talk a little bit more about the difference that organic menstrual products meant for you. Well, organic menstrual products, I mean, your audience may or may not be aware of this, but I mean, just the chemicals that they use in non-organic tampons. So when you're thinking about, I think particularly when I think of the need for organic, especially in uh, tampons. I mean, all menstrual products is super important, but tampons in particular, because you're inserting them into your body for several hours and they're going to get into the bloodstream. So when they've got, you know, they had chlorine back then, uh, I think they've improved things, but there's still um, chemical byproducts like from glyphosate, which is sprayed on the fields or, you know, dioxins. There's just very various chemicals that can be in these non-organic tampons. And I remember when all the years I used them, my body would try and like, like it would sweat during the time of my cycle. And it was clearly trying to get rid of the chemicals. Cause you know, when you, you have two ways to get rid of, well, you have a few ways to get rid of things, but sweating is one way to eliminate toxins. Right. Hmm. Uh, and, and so when I switched to organic tampon products, cause once they're available, that's all I ever used. I was like, I noticed that never happened again. And so, cause that was another level of uncomfortable, like, right. Cause you're like, almost bringing changes of clothes in case you're like sweaty or you have gym class and things like that. And you just don't feel as, you know, you just don't feel as clean, like frankly, because it's just like, if you went and had a workout and was sweating, you wouldn't feel great going to class afterwards without a shower. Mm. So that was a big game changer for me. And I've been starting to educate my nieces about that, just trying to have these open conversations, but also saying, are you using organic products? Because it's really important. And it's amazing how many people don't actually know, like the masses don't still know that how important that is. And 
you know, hopefully things are starting to shift and hopefully prices come down. So there's not this big disparity in terms of who can access organic versus non-organic. Mm. But it's it's really important for, I think, our reproductive organs and overall health from the inside out. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. The we the vagina is one of the most absorbent parts of the body. So as you say, anything we put up there, if it's you know, if there's chemicals sprayed all over it, it's going to have an effect on our estrogen and progesterone balance. I want to just go back to what you said about your, you know, the difference that organic tampons made for you. Were you experiencing painful or heavy periods? Uh, No. Well, I did have some PMS and that's something else I didn't know. But like now I'm very well versed in the fact, you know, 75% of women have PMS and it's preventable, right? Mm. Um, we kind of talk about, and I'll get back to your question, but we, you know, your menstrual cycles really, a lot of people refer to it as your fifth vital sign, right? Yeah. It's telling you so much about your body. Um, and we can have a discussion on that. But um, so did I see improvement? No, I it wasn't in a change in my period itself in terms of the flow. And I also just I think they came out when I was in my 30s. So my cycle was always very regular, like 28 days, and it was always um, you know, four to five days, not a heavy, I would never have heavy cycles. Um, but what I would say is like that, that one side effect I told you about, like the sweating that stopped mm. immediately. And that was the biggest aha moment with the organic products. Cause, and I've since, you know, I've been immersed in sort of this whole wellness space, which I study about, you know, clean products and the effect of chemicals and I have chemical sensitivities. So I'm very like, aware of things affecting my body and so I'm not surprised that that was the first thing that you know changed for me but in terms of the duration or how much bleeding I had that didn't get affected I think what affected PMS and things like that was more my lifestyle over time so mm. if I was you know going through a really stressful time or not sleeping a lot or my diet had fallen off and I was having a lot more sugars or inflammatory type foods, that's when I would get very severe migraines three days before my cycle, like clockwork. Um, and I would also, I, I had some cramping, but it was really the migraines that was the debilitating piece. And then when my, when I cut out sugar and ate a very like tons of greens and whole foods and, and not a lot of processed food or um, grains, et cetera, prior to my cycle, then like say a week or two before or for that month, I would have a completely different experience. The PMS was almost non-existent. What you're saying is so interesting because there's this narrative that I see where we people talk about my PMS and they take ownership of it and they it's kind of something that they expect to happen and as you say Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to happen and what's really interesting is that you were able to identify that you had you know you were experiencing these migraines and that you were able to make really in like in the grand scheme of things really easy simple changes that were able to change your experience of that time right before your period which actually doesn't have to be that bad we can get a lot of Mm -hmm. wisdom out of that time of before our period so tell me a little bit more about how long that took for you so you had the migraines and then you made these changes how long did those migraines take to resolve well literally it's if I had a month a very clean month so I'm drinking green juices I'm moving my body I'm actually sleeping I'm not under tremendous stress 
or pulling all-nighters at school or something like that, um, or working investment banking and pulling all-nighters. If I was doing those things, then that next month, literally my cycle would be different. I wouldn't have, I would have these crazy three-day hormonal migraines. Now, I've also since learned like I was, you know, like nutrient deficiencies can be play a big role in hormonal migraines and PMS in general, right? So when you're under a lot of stress, which I have had these careers where, you know, I was working on Wall Street, I was working a lot of hours and not sleeping a lot. So my body was deficient in magnesium. When you're stressed, your magnesium just like plummets, right? You'd get depleted in things like your vitamin C, which helps balance out your progesterone, which is involved in um, you know, it fluctuates around your luteal phase and um, can cause um, these fluctuations can cause PMS. So things like my B vitamins, my magnesium were definitely depleted. And when I started, you know, getting more into the science behind all of like overall wellness and health um, and with my migraines, treating them proactively with things like magnesium bisglycinate and my B vitamins, et cetera, I wasn't getting as severe hormonal migraines. The other interesting um, trick that I learned over time, or I don't know if it's a trick, but a service that really helped me with these hormonal migraines. This is before like we had the science had caught up and we created a product like Top Up Tonic to help women not have PMS. But prior to that, you know, when I would go and get colonics, uh, which is whole um, colon hydrotherapy, I would get that a week before my cycle and I'm, I would have zero, like also have zero migraine. So what that was doing, it was helping um, my body because I'm not the best detox, uh, like I don't have the best detox genes or detoxification genes. So hence the chemical sensitivities. But what the hydrocolon therapy did is it pulled out like some of these extra hormones, helped my body kind of get rid of things that otherwise were congesting me and creating inflammation in my body so that my PMS was also much worse, which meant severe migraines three days before my cycle. So for listeners who aren't aware, one of the ways that our body gets rid of hormones that it's already used is through a bowel movement. So if you're not having a bowel movement every day, at least every day, then your body can reabsorb those chemicals. So the estrogen, for estrogen, for example, that is already broken down and that can lead to uh, increased premenstrual symptoms. So for you, you mentioned the the colonics. Were you were you constipated or was this just giving you a bit of a helping hand? My, I would say because, you know, I'm, I'm celiac. So I've had, you know, my digestive tract has been off and on throughout the years. Um, and this is pre-diagnosis of celiac. So I would have bouts of, you know, my, my bowels weren't moving as efficiently as they should. Mm. And I also didn't have as much knowledge as I do 15 years later in terms of how to have a healthy gut biome. Wasn't really talked about back then. So yes, absolutely. With those, you know, variabilities, and then you can also experience that as you go through and have your menstrual cycle too. So they kind of compound each other. Then if you're depleted in things like magnesium too, it just, it's none of it's helping. Right. And so the colon hydrotherapy, uh, and I would say it's really important to go to somebody who's registered and like certified and you've done your research, not just anybody. Um, and, I, and the closed systems, I think, are kind of the best for people if they're looking to do that. But um, those really did help pull out anything that I wasn't getting out naturally. And I think, and then a little bit extra, right? Because uh, if my digestive was backed up, my digestive system was backed up, it was just like making sure things aren't staying and stagnating into my body. Mm. 
it's so interesting about colonics because I had one. I've only had one. Just I had it actually. I think maybe about fifteen years ago. Um, <laughs> there's this place in Notting Hill, and I used to live in Notting Hill in London, and I used to walk past it all the time, and I was always really curious because that time colonics were kind of seen as this kooky sort of yes. thing. Whereas now it's, you know, wellness and like health is become more mainstream. So you tell someone you're, well, I think you maybe get a mixed reaction depending on the person. Mm-hmm. You now. still get a mixed reaction. <laughs> yeah. But I had this, I had this colonic and I remember back then I was a vegetarian and my diet was, was really bad. I was constipated constantly. So that was one of the reasons why mm-hmm. I wanted to go. And I just remember this lightness that I felt yes. afterwards. Um, and I thought, oh, I must I must do that again. I mean, fortunately, I don't feel like I need to anymore mm-hmm. because I'm very regular. I have no issues in that department. But it is, I just remember thinking how marvelous that feeling was of just feeling so light. Yes. And it's interesting, and obviously a lot of people show digestive issues through like bloating or, um, you know, things like that, or, you know, always having gas, and and you can get a lot of bloating around your cycle too, which which Mm. these things help with. So you don't have to go through a service like that. I'm just kind of, that's one of my um, sort of like hacks that I discovered over the years with um, when I didn't have top up tonic available to me to, to balance out my hormones. So um, it's just interesting what, you know, works for different people. But I think universally, that's, you know, if you're open to it, that can be very helpful, particularly if you have really severe symptoms, mm. you know, around your cycle. Tell us about your experience with your your period and your menstrual cycle now. You mentioned you're 47. So are you perimenopausal? <laughs> well, Okay, so there's a little bit more to this. I stopped getting my cycle, I guess, two years ago because I had breast cancer two and a half years ago. So I guess, yeah, a year and a half ago. And then because of the breast cancer, I have a BRCA2 gene, which means I have a much higher risk of hormone cancers. And so because of the breast cancer, I went through preventative surgery to remove my ovaries and fallopian tubes, which means I was no longer, I was thrown into menopause overnight. So I was 45 and, you know, basically I've never had a cycle since because um, I don't have the organs to produce (laughs) cycle, right? So, so as I was getting into my 40s, I can say that it shortened to about two days, right? It was very light in two days. So it was definitely switching. So I was, I'm sure I was entering perimenopause. I didn't have um, night sweats and things like that, which are very common as you start to go into perimenopause. But I did notice a shift in my menstrual cycle in that it was, it had always been quite like only one heavy day and then quite light and it was never more than five days. But then it shifted literally to being two max three days and really only, um, only one day of sort of normal flow and then very light, but it was, it was still very much like every 28 days, you know, I might be off one day if I had like a really stressful month or something, but it was like clockwork up until the point that I um, had the surgery. Can you talk a little bit about the impact that going through the medical menopause had on you? Well, let's just say it's a journey. And that's my other mission now with Hello Me is I'm creating products to not make it a difficult journey for women so that they can just literally, you know, um, 
avoid all the side effects that I had to go through. So yeah, I mean, menopause, obviously you're, so for people who haven't been through it, I mean, your estrogen, your, you know, your hormones are declining slowly. Typically it happens, starts a little bit, you know, in your forties, it can go up to, you know, people can be in full on menopause in their 50, 55, whatever. And it can, people can have symptoms for anywhere from three to 10 years. For me, I went from having, you know, a normal level of estrogen, progesterone, et cetera, and dropped overnight. So I had seven months of very severe symptoms that I spent my time figuring out how to kind of hack that so that I could be hormonally balanced again, because really what the doctors were offering me was nerve blockers and antidepressants to deal with night sweats and anxiety and insomnia, et cetera, instead of um, anything else that was more natural. So I wasn't interested in going on a nerve blocker for the next 20 years. Um, and so that's why I was kind of determined to hack it through more natural sources. And that's, you know, where Hello Me is also moving to, to launch products for women in the spring. So it's, it's a life change. Um, I would say in Chinese medicine, they talk about it as a second spring. And I love that because it's not something to be feared. It, you know, you're in your own skin, you're confident, you have all this wisdom and you really come into full bloom. And yes, you do have to tweak your body. You have to tweak a few things because your hormones have fluctuated. It's just like, you know, post-pregnancy, you have tweaks, you know, when you're in your reproductive years, you, you have tweaks. And so you have to do that again, but it doesn't mean that you're like past your prime. It doesn't mean that you have to live with these symptoms forever. And the science now is really advanced. And there's so much, you know, so many of us focused on innovation in this space that I'm excited for, you know, where it's headed in terms of a category, because there's so much that we can do to make women's lives better. Um, so yeah, so my experience was not pleasant, because there just weren't any natural solutions for me. But um, I'm back at a place where, you know, I feel, you know, I'm back to normal, I don't have these, you know, the same symptoms. So I've resolved it. And really, what it's done has just been a catalyst again for Halloween and a whole other category of products. So if someone's listening and they've gone through that experience of medical menopause, which is very different from the natural menopause where it can happen more gradually, medical menopause, it's hitting you like straight away. What were the kind of natural solutions that you would recommend to someone going through that experience? So one thing that's really important, and I don't know that it's common knowledge, is that your adrenal function. So, you know, there's organs that um, a little bit above your kidneys that help support you and like give you energy. You know, you've probably heard of adrenal fatigue or people have heard of that. It's really important that your adrenals are healthy. So nourishing your adrenals. So, um, and, and, you know, that's done from lifestyle factors as well as nutrients. So like you need to be taking your B vitamins because you're going to have lower energy. If, you know, you're don't have all your hormones supporting you, you do need to, um, you know, take things that could support the adrenals. You know, there's things like ginseng, there's, you know, adaptogens you can take, but I'd say I did, for me, I did the Dutch test, which is a hormone test. And it really showed me sort of where my cortisol was. And it's not really that surprised that my cortisol was quite low because, you know, I was in the middle of launching a business, went through breast cancer, I had a few things that had gone on. Mm. Um, and so those weren't supporting my body because they typically step in to help when your other hormones are coming down. So I would say, you know, Dutch test, if there's the option to take it to just really understand where your hormones are, and then to kind of work with that and understand like, how do I support the adrenals? Usually, if you've gone in surgery, like into menopause overnight, you want to be working with a healthcare practitioner. 
um, to like help guide you, at least for the beginning. So I was working with specialists who are naturopathic medical doctors who are specialists. And we were working on, you know, really getting my adrenals back. I did nutrient IVs, which gives you sort of like high dose nutrients so that um, it's a quicker recovery period for your adrenals. Um, and because that was exacerbating my symptoms. And once I had my adrenals in a much healthier state, um, I slept better. I didn't have the same low grade anxiety every day. So a lot of things shifted. I wasn't getting night sweats um, and waking up in the middle of the night with a racing heart. So I would say that was sort of the biggest takeaway for me. I saw that massive shift once I had, you know, spent, say, eight weeks supporting my adrenals. Mm. And it's also sleep and exercise, like yoga and things that are nourishing and doing things that literally like reduce your stress level. So nourishing for you. It's not just supplements and diet. It's also you know, doing things, things that are going to bring your stress levels down and release those sort of endorphins, right? Naturally. I think the message you're sharing, sharing is a really positive one because certainly in the UK, the message that we get is that once you're in your, when you're in perimenopause and then in menopause, it's all about HRT or hormone replacement mm. therapy. And that's a kind of drumbeat that's in the press over here. And you know, as a nutritionist, I know that there are other solutions out there, but the doctors over here are really kind of adamant about women going on HRT. And so I'm really kind of enthused to hear your story because there are alternatives out there. And so for women who are listening, you know, what Julie's talking about around adrenal support is so powerful because mm-hmm. you do make estrogen you're making a weaker form of estrogen Mm -hmm. in your adrenals you do hormones don't all stop and if you support the adrenals you can access this really important form of estrogen that takes us through to to post-menopause so fantastic I love the message you're sharing and and I would say everyone's individual too right Mm. so for me I had like I zero, I, like they were so low. My doctor said, I, I can't believe you're feeling worse. You're not feeling worse than you are. And I said, well, I didn't know it could feel worse, to be honest. <laughs> and and uh, I would also say like, for me now, I do this Dutch test because of the cancer risk and everything else. And uh, I do that test every six months for me. And it's important um, because they are monitoring how I'm breaking down. So I have a very, very low dose bioidentical hormone, right? It's like the lowest you can just so that, it made a difference, right? For me, mm. it made a difference. So that plus the adrenal support was the game changer. Not everybody's comfortable doing bioidenticals. And I'm mm. on like as low as it could possibly be just because of the cancer risk. Um, but for me, I felt given my age and where I am, I wanted to have a little bit. And so I do this Dutch test every six months to make sure that like I'm still the where the risk is, is when you start to, you know, you take bioidenticals and you realize your body's not breaking down the byproducts aren't being processed properly and then that can increase your risk. And so some people say, don't ever take anything, you know, even a bioidentical hormone. But for me, I'm monitoring it super closely and I'm on like such a low dose that that plus the adrenal support gets me to where I need to be plus my, you know, daily nutrients that I take my supplements. Mm. So let's talk a little bit about your, your company and also you you as a clean and clear living expert. What does that mean? So clean and clear living is really about, you know, 
getting to your best version of yourself by first, you know, at, you know, clean living is many pillars. So it's hormone balance, but it's also environmental, right? Like making sure you're living in an environment that's clean, not full of toxins, right? You don't have a toxic burden that is unmanageable. It's movement. It's, um, it's, you know, doing something that's purposeful in your life. So when I combine these things, like my passion is about helping people live their best lives. That means having great health, because when you're in great health, you can do so much more. And I've experienced the other end of things. I also believe that once you've got sort of this clean internal blueprint, which makes you feel great, you have more confidence and you have more clarity in terms of like your, your path. And you have the confidence to pursue your path and things that are important to you. So you feel like you're living a fulfilling life. And for me, I feel like when people are following their own authentic journeys, is a whole other level of healing that goes on too. And, you know, I'm, I'm a spiritual person um, from the sense that I believe like when you're on your, your, you feel like you're living a purposeful life and you're authentic and you're really being true to yourself, you know, it's kind of back to that theory of molecules of emotion. You're not storing all the stress in the body. The body has lower levels of inflammation. So you not only make your biggest impact on the world and you give the gift to the world by being your authentic self, but you also feel your best. And you look your best because you're more radiant because you're happy, right? Or you're more joyful. So clean and clear living is about, you know, those pillars that allow you to have that super clean, balanced imprint on the inside, which provides the confidence and radiance and clarity to, you know, do what you're meant to do and follow your purpose and be your authentic self. And then in terms of the company that you built, you mentioned yeah. that you went through this really tumultuous time in your in your mid forties or early to mid forties where you had breast cancer and you were launching a company. Tell us a little bit about the inspiration behind the company. You've alluded it to it a little throughout <laughs> our conversation, um, and why you chose to launch it during this time in your life. Yes. So Hello Mia was born prior to getting breast cancer. So in terms of the idea and the vision, so it's, it's quite interesting that that I basically went through all the life phases in a very compressed period to, I guess, accelerate uh, what I can do for women with Hello Mia. <laughs> but uh, that's the only way, you know, to put it into a positive light. But Hello Mia originally, you know, I was suffering from migraines all in my 20s and 30s from a hormone imbalance. I was on birth control. The science wasn't caught up. I finally went to a holistic practitioner. They said, look, these symptoms are low grade anxiety that later developed from the nutrient depletions, as well as the migraines are from being on birth control, right? And depletes of key nutrients that most women don't realize, right? Probiotics, antioxidants, et cetera. And so I went off it. Then I dove into the whole wellness world. Like I was always interested in, in wellness, et cetera, but I really dove in to heal myself. And so after I spent a year healing myself through, you know, studying nutrition, you know, anti-inflammatory diets, really replenishing everything I'd been depleted of for a decade, um, you know, I realized what a change in quality of life you can have. And fast forward, you know, several years, I started to look at like, how could I create a company that truly impacts the lives of, you know, the masses for women, right? And nobody was making the connection between hormonal balance and wellness and beauty. And the dialogue really hadn't, you know, we talk about with periods, like no one's really, you know, they're starting to talk about it and shows like yours are a gift to everybody because you're really sort of opening up this for people. But, you know, nobody was making that connection and talking about it. And so 
you know, it really was a combination of my personal experience of having alleviated that hormone imbalance, which completely changed my quality of life. I went from having six migraines a week to like maybe two a month. And that was, those were the hormonal, um, around the hormone, hormonal period time. And, and so I just felt like this is a way that I can create products that truly like address from a root cause level and provide natural and effective solutions that haven't been created for women for these decades. And so all these women who are suffering in silence or just in the survival mode, like I was, can now, you know, take our products and actually get back to looking and feeling their best and feeling like their most truest, authentic forms of themselves. So I like to say, you know, we get you firing on all cylinders because you make those tweaks, you do it at the root cause, and it's amazing what happens to how you feel and your skin and the bloating and everything else. So Hello Me was about looking in the mirror, being proud of who you are, you're back to the best version of yourself, and you're ready to conquer the world and, you know, do what you're meant to do. I love that. And tell us more about the products within um, that you offer. So at the moment, we have three products that women can purchase, and we're launching a fourth one in the spring, uh, which I'm excited about. So we've got Top Up Tonic, which is a once a day capsule, it's vegan, and it's got 18 nutrients, probiotics, and antioxidants that your body needs for hormonal balance. So um, what we find is women who are on birth control, women who are suffering from PMS or PMDD, or you've got, you know, hormonal acne that's happening and just really fatigued a lot. This product is, you know, a godsend for women like they in terms of you look, take it for six weeks, up to eight weeks, and your body has bioaccumulated these nutrients you've been needing, and you start to really feel and see a transformation. And, and so, you know, that's for women really, I'd say 16, you could take about 18 to 35 is really the sweet spot for that product. I also have a lot of women in their 40s, 50s, 60s later in life because it supports their adrenals with all the high quality bees that take it for energy. Um, and so top of tonic really is sort of that once a day solution that balances out your hormones through all the key nutrients you need and adjusts your gut biome. It has probiotics in it that, um, you know, really help reduce things like bloating, right? And obviously gut, gut health is an impact community too. So Tab of Donic is one. And then we also have a product called Hydrophoria. So Hydrophoria is my favorite daily product because it's a ritual for me. Um, it's a sachet. It's a collagen probiotic blend. So we have 10 billion coliforming units of probiotics, seven strains. So it's multi-strain, five grams of therapeutic clean bovine collagen. So you get different types of collagen. And then it's got ingredients like snow mushroom, which is a natural form of hyaluronic acid. So this product is all about gut health, which is a core pillar of hormonal balance. And the nice benefit is skin as well. So women who take this product, you take it in the morning, it tastes like um, berry flavored water, you know, it's super clean and it's just hydrating from the inside out and it balances out the gut. So you get rid of bloating, you get rid of digestive issues um, and it balances the hormones, hormones that way. And then the last product is Inner Charge, which is all your oil-based therapeutic um, nutrients and antioxidants that need to be in an oil base that help you with hormone balance and mood. So um, your omega-3s, it's got GLA from borage oil. It's got potent antioxidants like astaxanthin, zeaxanthin, lutein. So you take those capsules, we've got AM and PM sachets, and those really help reduce inflammation, which helps balance um, your hormones. And then all the healthy oils helps with the mood. 
Fantastic. So we've got three really interesting products. If listeners want to find out more um, and purchase these products, where can they do that? Yeah, just go to the website, www.hello.me. And um, you can see the products there. And we have a hormone coach, a hormone hotline. So if you're curious and you have questions about your own health or, you know, what's best for whatever you're dealing with, you can text us or email us. It's on the website. Um, And I would also say, you know, you know, happy to give all your listeners 20% off with um, period story 20. So for the next month, if they want to purchase some products, they'll get 20% off their order. Fantastic. So You've said a lot of really interesting and valuable things across the course of our conversation. What's the one thing that you want listeners to take away today? The importance of hormonal balance in how you feel every day. And, you know, if you're suffering from mood swings, depression, anxiety, irritability, constant bloating, hormonal acne, or lots of fatigue, this is very likely a symptom of hormonal imbalance, right? And we can help you. It's really usually a nutrient depletion that your body needs. You just need some tweaking and you can get back. So I don't want people to feel discouraged. And women who are going through PMS, you know, those women don't need to suffer anymore. You, you know, take a product like Tabop Tonic for two months, you're going to have a massive shift. And so, you know, just to really bring that to the forefront in terms of thinking like, are these symptoms a symptom of hormonal imbalance? And if so, yes, we can help you. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time today, Julie. It was really fascinating to talk to you and hear more about your story. Well, thanks for having me. I love meeting you and having this conversation. So have a wonderful day. For more inspiring conversations, head over to periodstorypod.com where we have so many more for you to peruse. If you want help with your menstrual or hormone health, email me on hello at eatlovemove.com to set up a free 30-minute hormone health review. If you like today's show, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Tag us, come say hi, and send in your requests for who you'd like to see on the show on Instagram and Twitter on at periodstorypod or email us at hello at periodstorypod.com. I'm Lenise Brothers, and you've been listening to Period Story. Thank you so much for listening.